Hey, 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 welcome to the Wealth and Business Podcast. I'm so super fired up today as I have a friend, a brother, someone who has built multiple businesses. In fact, this individual has got over 1 million followers alone on Instagram and other multiple platform. He's into the sport industry. He's into the business consulting world. He's into so many business entities and all has over the last couple of years run successfully. Without further ado, my brother, Mr. Michael Ide. How you doing, bro? I'm good. Hi. Fantastic. Dr. Daniel. Wow. Wow. Today, wow. today wow. Today, in fact, this is amazing. First of all, thank you so much for having me today. You've actually taken your one shot. (laughs) Because taking your one shot, because this is the first time I'm doing a live podcast Mm. with all the hajibaji of the Mm COVID-19 and then coming out of COVID-19, 2020 up to today, you are the first one. So we've actually taken your shot. Thanks for having me today. Fantastic. I really love how you opened that statement. As the author of the one shot, business case successes. So you are the author of the one shot. And it's me. Your your very first, you know, book, right? This is your first book? Absolutely. It's the first one. That's my debut book. It, because it came out before the autobiography. Mm. So it's my debut book. Yes. Okay. Right. For, th- for those who don't know you, right? For those who don't know you, like I said, you go off just in Instagram alone, you got over 1 million followers. You've built fantastic social media presence. You've shared so many of your wisdoms, your nuggets about life, about business, about becoming successful. You know, if there's something that we talk here about a lot before we even go into so many conversations on the podcast is, you didn't appear from the sky. You you started from somewhere. How did this all begin for you? How, where did it start from? All the successes that we're going to be going to, <laughs> where did it start from? So I'm sure a lot of viewers will be wondering, who is this guy sitting with you today? Yeah. And some that have actually followed my pedigree up till now on social media or online, having a um, digital footprint. I came, I'm from Nigeria originally. Mm. I came to this country um, the fall of 2006. Yep. Flew in straight to Manchester, where I started my education, used to Manchester, MSc Bioinformatics, and then further on in Manchester, I since spent over 10 years in Manchester as well. Mm. Gravitated into the business world to do my MBA. Haven't had my first degree from Nigeria as well. I'm sure you said yeah. you, you were in Just as well. I went yeah. to University of Just Nigeria, wow. um, graduated with the 2-1, and just few couple of GPs to first class. I was one of the best graduating students from school. Wow. And my first degree was actually biochemistry. And from biochemistry, I thought that I don't really want to get stuck in the lab, even though I came to the UK for bioinformatics in Western Manchester. Yeah. And then I went to the business world to do my MBA with a specialization in strategy, entrepreneurship, and international business. Yeah. From there, I had various certifications and everything. and. First and foremost, I'm a son of um, um, a First Republic senator. Now, um, my father was um, in the, they were part of the people that gave Nigeria independence. Wow. It's called the Second Republic, mm. Honorable John Ede. Um, my father was with Nwachuku, uh, Ike Nwachuku and um, Hassan Kasina and the wow. likes of them. So before 
the independence uh, with Zeke, uh, Zikiwe and Co. My dad was there on the First Republic. That's so, Unamdi Zikiwe. Yes, uh, that's the Second Republic. Hmm. It was called at the time. Yeah. So um, after the independence, obviously, my dad started um, becoming an elder statesman in the states and everything. My mom is a businesswoman. Um, they are all of blessed memory. My mom died while I was in the first year at the time of university. Um, I was 2001. And my dad died in um, 2019. I was oh. in, actually on holiday with my... Sorry to hear, man. Yeah, so bless your memory. Bless and then memory. one of the things, actually, that they instilled in us while we were growing up is education. Education and believing in yourself as well. Yeah. If there was anything I actually learned from my dad is that tenacity to actually believe in yourself and whatever you're doing, just keep going. Yeah. So coming to this country, as you will know, from a very humble background where obviously you come, there is cultural challenges, um, difficulties in even on the street of uh, Manchester. I remember that I ran out of... Um, Funds, school fees was hard. I used my car to test the utensils to go into an exam. Yeah. I had like um, a sound. Obviously, that sound was a very, very remarkable one. Obviously, you need to go and see the finance department. You need to top up because your school fees, you're paying your installment, you, you owe some fees. Sort of challenges. And then, you know, you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, you never give up. Up until where we are today, a lot of people, they see the success, but they don't, they don't know the story behind the success. Mm. So life is not a bed of roses. Wherever there is a history, there's always a story behind yes. it. So my story is for someone who actually, I took the bull by the horn. I just believe in myself, moving and then putting myself having the kind of um, uh, power of minded individuals that are actually people of um, same passion, listen to success stories, people like Brian Tracy in the past when I'm growing up, and then challenging myself that I can do it, wow. you know? And then even though you have that, there come a part in your life where you know that some of those challenges, you have to have this self-belief that this passion that you really have, is it the right passion for what you want to do? It's another thing as well, I mm. ask myself. Then that's how I kept going, never never giving up. Never giving up has been my spirit from right, I was, right from when I was young. And I had this visualization, seeing myself abroad from when I was, my friends would tell you and said, oh, Michael, how come? My, my friends that knows me very well, they will tell you that from the beginning, I always knew that I wasn't going to stay in Nigeria for so, so long time because yeah. I wanted to come to where I know there's lands of opportunity where I'll be able to express my expertise, express to learn new things and be able to build myself. And it couldn't have been everywhere. I could remember even though I wanted to go to America in the past, growing up as well to go to United States for um, my studies. I had all the I-20 from um, U.S. University, people yeah. that know the U.S. application. I got to the embassy with all the I-20, but I was denied visa at the time. Yeah. So I've, I, we all have the challenges of visa. 100%. Okay. You know, 
I couldn't agree with you any less because I obviously I went through that same struggle as well. So my one was a bit opposite because uh, for me, you know, I, I actually share my new book coming out, which is The Test. Yeah. That journey of coming to this country, no mother, no brother, no sister, no auntie, yeah. visa rejection after visa rejection, eventually found myself here in the UK. Main why, one of the reasons behind my motivation actually leaving Nigeria to come here was, you know, being in the, you know, in the wrong environment, which obviously I share in great detail in the book. And that just goes to show that sometimes the Nigeria in us who just wants sometimes, you know, going to the other side where there is, we usually would think there is a greener pasture, is the grass is greener on the other side. And then you come through and you realize actually, no, there's what to be done. You know, so I haven't said that. First of all, I just want to say well done so much on all you've achieved. And we're going to go into that in a little bit. So before we actually get into that, yeah. so how did you then get into business? So you came here, you spent your first 10 years in Manchester. How did you get into business and how did you rise to the top? That's a very, very good question because you see, the journey of 1,000 miles has to be step by step. Hmm. Now, even though I was from the science background, I always knew that I love people and I like to communicate with people. Yeah. And if I want to communicate with people, one of the best ways for me to do that is to become, to gain that mastery yeah. in the area of business where I want to actually be what I want to be. Yeah. So years ago, obviously, I started from scratch. My domain is project management originally. So as a project, I started from project support. I worked my way up. So if there is any project manager that you have actually seen that will tell you, oh, I started from being a project support up until assistant project manager, up until senior project manager. I'm one of them. I'm a testament to that. So having been able to work my way I was able to actually, I did a couple of substitutions, obviously around project management, Agile, Scrum, SAP, and what have you. Just a lot of them. And with, with all these, I'm building networks. Got my job, started working as a consultant, contract role, moving from one contract role to another, getting um, um, also um, a full-time role. And then obviously, I'm, I'm sure it's good to say this because even while you're not allowed to do a full-time hour yeah. in the university at the time, 20 hours we, we, which we, uh, we are allowed to do in England. Yeah. So even while you're doing the part-time there, there was this passion of obviously, if you have the expertise of doing something, businesses will actually look for you. So I was doing them part-time there, growing to that level, then had the two years um, um, extension of um, um, the, the two years that you are actually offered when you finish your master's degrees and yeah. everything. Started doing a um, couple of um, work with top firms. And then at the point, because of what I've done in the past and everything, I got a call saying, oh, would you like to have a, a, a discussion, they said. And who was coming for me? It was Capgemini, one of the world top consulting firms. said, I would like to hire you, you want to do this as, as a PEGA PM. So I'm also a PEGA certified um, a project manager. So they gave me the shot and I took the shot. Goodness, I took the shot. Mm. So I am one of the project managers that, that actually 
helped them to drive most of the, um, their projects that from red to green at the point in time. And then also, having said that, there are various activities in terms of um, going to networking events and then teleconsulting and all those clients that have been working for them as a, a consultant for them, I built a relationship with some, most of those clients and they know me. Some of them, they are, they are, they are directors, the senior stakeholders, they go used to me. And that was how I started building my platform and everything, got certification in other areas like SAP and, and what have you. And then today, everything is history. Wow. What a journey. What a journey. So you got the opportunity, you got the opportunity to be given the shot to work with Capgemini. And that is what opened the door into a whole new charity as a project manager. That's right. And then you obviously grew through that, you know, that 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 part of your career yeah. and and then became a full consultant. Yes, I just wanted to say something. For the benefit of people watching that what this podcast is, you see, one of the one of the advantages that working with a consulting firm gives you as a, as a young, growing, um, 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 someone from the university or that wants to make a difference within the industry is those clients you're not able to reach out to. The consulting platform provides you that opportunity for you to meet those top clients of theirs. Mm. The, like, the, the top, that opened me to some of the biggest financial services in the world, working with them, the likes of the HSBC, Barclays, Bank of Ireland, name them. There's so many of them. And then I also have opportunity again for working for another consulting firm, which is Wipro as well. Mm. And they have their own clients as well. So and again, and that took me because of that expertise that I have in consulting and also managing projects, working for one of the top um, um, biopharma giants as well. So it's good for you to want to start something, but it's good to start from somewhere as well. Mm. And whatever you're doing, you have to do it right mm. as well. And then any journey that you're going to start, it's better for you to build a consolate foundation. Mm. Because if without a consolate foundation, you don't have where to launch from. And that's how my story began. Because I had the consolate foundation from the beginning. I was able to actually project myself from where I started from because of my base. Wow. So let me just quickly go back a little bit so we can build up a second momentum. So today you run a firm that is a full-time consulting organization for top financial institutions. That's correct, yeah. And as well as you are the author of The One Shot, you are also a member of Forbes Coaches, no, Forbes Business That's Council. That's correct. I'm a member of Forbes Coaches Council. You're That's a right. member of Forbes, Forbes Business, Business Council. Council. Yes. And as well as you are a very, very influential, all right, Atlet, you know, athletes, or rather, football, talent you know, management. talent manager. That's correct. All right, and not just that, you have one of the most vast African, you know, influential business network, and I can go on and on. <laughs> so, and it all started by that one shot. Yeah, from Cap Gemini to where you are now. Yeah. Okay. So now we've established that. So before we go into this, yeah. what 
was the biggest lesson that you learned that enabled you to transition into now into becoming you know an entrepreneur what was that lesson that actually propelled you to saying okay working for cap gemini was not enough as just a cancer you know as just you know someone who was in the team but learning through that and establishing your own firm what was that lesson that ignited that that eye opener so one very important that's a very good question by the way daniel dr daniel one thing in life is we all have to know when it's time. Mm. It is okay for you to work for conglomerates. It's okay for you to work for multinationals. But when you make money for these guys, there is a, a time will come in life where we as a human being have to have self-reflection. So that self-reflective ability is able to guide you when it's time for you to take your shot. It's not because I was 100% fully ready to go on my own. I incorporated my consulting in 2013, in February 18, to be precise. And then Uplift 11 Sports was 2020 during the, the pandemic. So you see the distance, the gap between the two companies. So you always have to have that self-reflection to know when you're ready. Mm. Every entrepreneur should know when they are ready and when is their exit point, especially when you're a senior a serial entrepreneur where you're moving from one business to another, develop the business, make, make it to a particular level where the, the bottom line is reputable, the high bottom line, the profit margin is very, very good for your business. And then obviously you want to keep or you want to sell it and you know when to move. So that self-reflection is critical to success. And then also, before you take that leap of faith, you have to do the nitty gritty, which me and you have been having a chat about. Yes. Personal branding. Yes. So that, those are some of the steps you have to take to become an entrepreneur. And at that time, obviously from that beginning, you have to actually have, obviously, the understanding of what kind of company do you want to run. Do you want to do a like, public liability company or you want to do a limited liability company? Or what kind of company do you want to run? So have the name of the company, incorporate the company, obviously. It costs not too much in the UK as well to, to, to incorporate a company. Yeah. Way back, I can remember, is up to at least about between 10 to... Uh, five to ten pounds, you incorporate a company very easily, yeah. And then absolutely. over three hours, the company house everything formed, yeah. have to register with the HMIs and stuff. So, getting the company name, and then after that, you proceed to the next level, which is obviously um, a website. Website is critical as well, yeah. You have to showcase yourself. So, all these paths are paths for you to be able to build yourself to where you want to get to, mm. and then. In the 21st century ideology, you have to have all the social media technology is the order of the day now. They even have chat GPT now. Yeah. So the technology aspect, obviously, you have to understand that social media runs a lot of things for you. So you have to, and again, if you because you can't do some of these, there are so many free beats out on, online there. If you are starting and you don't have actually the resources to start something, there are so many free beats outside. You can Google and then you get there. And then you'll be able to start that way from the 
uh, registering the company, incorporating it, and then also getting a website. And the rest is history. Wow. You spoke about a few couple of things. You said knowing when to take the shot. Yeah. You spoke about previously, you spoke about the power of networking. Yeah. And now you also spoke about the power of branding. So there's quite a few very, you know, very, very uh, bullish headlines that you've mentioned in your last few statements. And I'm just going to basically, you know, hang that one there because I'm going to come back to it. So how did you now, from the consulting industry, transition into your uh, being one of the most, you know, one of the most valuable, you know, African, Nigerian, very influential, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, branding personality, and as well as, you know, being, you know, an agent, how did that come about as well? It's all about passion. You know, we, me and you were chatting when we were having over the breakfast. I talk about whatever you're doing, that there is no passion. There's no need for you to start it at all. Passion. Passion is one of that igniter within us. So when you have passion for anything, that is one of the drivers to success. Passion. And for me, my passion from where I was younger was sports. And then having being a club season ticket holder at club level with Arsenal Football Club. My wife said, always the wife, they said, behind every successful man, yeah. there's always side by side the Absolutely. woman. Absolutely. My, my, my wife, when she watches this episode, she's going to smile at it because she said to me, you have passion for every sport. There's no sport that you don't like. The TV, you would seem to know lots of spots. Why don't you channel this passion into something? I said, hmm, for the first time, I didn't even think about that. So during the pandemic, I said, okay. My wife posed me a question, so I had to answer it. Then I said, okay, what am I going to do now? I started researching. What am I going to do if I want to be a football agent? How do I go about it? So I, um, I took a couple of courses in scouting, enrolled into the popular John Viola Academy. Mm-hmm. John Viola and uh, Philip McTaggart, nice chap. John Viola, by the way, is one of the elite agents. Uh, worked with Luis Figo and all those guys in sports. So, so I did that. So that's mentorship. Yes. I, that's absolutely correct. You're spot on there. So I did a couple of courses with them. And then... I took the um, masterclass with the popular elite agent, um, Dr. Ekut Sogut, who is the, um, my good friend, the uh, football agent to Mesut Ozi from Arsenal, from an Arsenal player. So I did a masterclass with him. To, to, to him, he thinks we are, I see him as my mentor in the sporting world, right? A lot of the things I've actually achieved today, I try to mirror what he's doing. You see, but he doesn't know. I said to him the other day in the in the business forum, I said, You I'm so proud of you, what you're doing. And I look up to what you're doing. He said, No, you make me proud as well. We make each other good. Coming to your your question basically. So my wife said to me, channel your passion. So I channeled my passion and then I got um registered with the English FA. And then they have to do the due diligence of checking me out, do all the, the 
the checks they do. And then I passed the check. And then obviously I became a registered football agent to the English FA. And then also um, I have the license to manage minors. That's player over 18, uh, under 18 as well. Three years. Uh, so that license, obviously, prepared everything just skyrocketed the, the drive. So I became a football agent, a, sport, a football agent, and then not just a football agent. We gravitated around different areas of sports. Yeah. So Uplift 11 was born. Uplift, as soon as Uplift 11 was born, obviously, we started um, with loads of players. I was focusing on quantity rather than quality. Quality. So I had so many players, up to like 45 players and coaches, scouts, agents around the globe, thinking that was a success. But one thing I realized afterwards was because whilst I was thinking that was success, time came for me to place these players in their respective clubs, of which I apologize to a lot of them. I don't have any networking with the clubs to, play, to place these players. I thought that was my success. So there is one thing for you to begin something. There's another thing for you to understand how the nitty gritty in that industry works. Because I was so successful from the business, business world coming to sports, I thought that I would channel the same passion into, which I had the passion, but the networking was poor for me. So most of those players couldn't go to clubs because I don't have connection with the football clubs. Mm. So as time went on, I had a rethink, a self-reflection again. As an entrepreneur, you have to have always a checkpoint for yourself yeah. where you said, am I doing the right thing? Or am I going the wrong way? Yeah. So I did the rethink. I have to do the rebranding and restructuring of my organization. Mm. And we focus on quality rather than quantity. quantity. And that's where, that's a game changer for us. Wow, 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 wow. This is lesson 101, right? And I'm absolutely, you know, I'm so, you know, by the way, for those of you who are watching this, I want you guys to be able to pick up a lot of business experiences that allows you to drive, whether it's property, whether it's business, whether it's generically entrepreneurship. And this is one of the reasons why we bring guests like yourself here to actually share you know, that transitioning from the ordinary to the extraordinary to becoming a business success. So knowing that you, you know, you, you became one of, you know, one of the fastest, you know, most sought after uh, influential football agents in the UK, especially from Nigeria. Come on, Niger. Okay. And you didn't stop there. You, then you decided to write a book. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Interesting. So tell us about the one shot. How, first of all, tell us what does it mean to take one shot? What does it mean? Okay. What is one shot? What does it mean? Okay. I will just be head on before I tell you, I will start the background of the book. One shot is all about that one opportunity for you to step out of your comfort zone and embark on a journey to discovering your true self. One shot is about knowing that every single opportunity you have with your investors, with your workers, with your competitors, is a moment for you to make a significant difference. And that can actually result into increasing your financial bottom line. Yeah. That's all about one shot yeah. moment. 
So having said that, it all started when I was listening to a track by Eminem, mm. Lose Yourself. Yeah. That's his hit track in 2018. Yeah. He said, look, if you got one shot and one moment to capture everything that life gives to you, yeah. he said, will you capture it or you let it fly? Mm. I said, hmm. And I said, okay, that would be a very, very good um, title to anything I want to do. Yeah. Then I said, okay, for me to be able to curate some of all my write-offs, yeah. I was able to put all these write-offs together yeah. as an anthology of my articles. Yeah. And then I connected the dots from one chapter to another. And then I was able to actually... So the one shot, obviously, is the bedrock. I call it, I call it business case for success. What was the business case for as a project manage, from project management perspective? Yeah. Business case, obviously, every project without a business case, that project will not flourish. Yes. So the business case is like that the Bible, the working Bible, yeah. for you to be able to deliver a project. Yeah. And I said the recipe for top entrepreneurs and business leaders, recipe is the ingredient. For anything, for example, Coke has a recipe. If you know the recipe behind Coke, Coca-Cola, you are able to produce the Coca-Cola. So this book is a recipe. It's that ingredient that top business leaders like yourself and other ones, entrepreneurs, need in this current 21st century. And that's how the name came about. The one shot. The one shot. So one shot at everything. Yes. So one shot. So I said, I was sharing with some Mastery class, 1st of April. I said, April has got 30 days as 30 short individual. In every individual it's got. So how you use your one short moment, each of those 30 days determines your success. One short moment actually lies with us every, every day of our lives. But your ability to decipher your one short moment is crucial to success. From what I'm hearing from the one shot, it's almost like the dilemma between action and not taking action. It's almost like the ability to either choose to stay in your comfort zone or the ability to choose to actually put your comfort zone behind you and go for it. Because every single day, we, we, as a human being, we have two choices. The ability for you to make a choice that makes an impact or the ability for you to make a choice that makes no impact. Absolutely. And for the one shot, opportunities knock by all our doors every single day. And people will say, not now, I'm not ready yet. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it in a yes time. And from your explanation, yep. what I'm hearing for myself is, no, if an opportunity presents itself before you, you're either left to actually take the action to see that progress or take the action to stay where you are. Yeah. And again, you see, comfort zone is one of the detrimental factors to success. I call it fixed point syndrome, the comfort zone. Mm. I call it fixed point F FPS, fixed point syndrome. A lot of people do not like change. Change distracts them. 
change unravels them. So you need to learn how to be uncomfortable to become comfortable. Mm. That is what is what one shot is all about. And also it is good for people listening to this podcast today to realize that yes, there are different one shot moments, but it is not every one shot that you have to go for. That is your ability to be able to determine what one shot is one shot, which what is the real shot that you need. And it comes from experience. Mm. You wrote a book about test, which I really love. That is coming out in June. Yes. Test came from your testimony. Yes. Yeah. And those are the bruises which you face that you, you became a champion of them. Mm. So some of those bruises that came along the line are some of your one-shot moments. And I'm sure you deciphered those one-shot moments and you took some of them. And then you are where you are today. So this one shot, I want, one of my goal is this book should be on every shelf in every household around the world. Because what is so fascinating about this book is I put all in all in it. I was telling you about a particular chapter in the book, chapter nine, mm. which is business of entertainment, media, and sports, BEMS. Last year in 2022, I was supposed to go for a course in Harvard, Harvard Business School. And the 2022 cohort for business of entertainment, media, and sports is run by a professor called Professor Anita Albers, top Harvard professor. I put in an application and everything at the end of the day, I didn't make it at the time to the, with the cohort. And then the drive to go to Harvard didn't stop there because again, with the passion. I told you about passion being the force multiplier this morning. 100%. It's one of the intangible forces that you need to add to what you currently have to be able to make difference to either your workforce, your business, or whatever you need to do in life. So, I said, okay, what is the best way for me to utilize that challenges that I faced last year and the pains that I went through because I didn't make it to that course to Harvard? Yeah. So I decided to channel those pains into writing chapter nine, which is the business of entertainment, media, and sports, over 4,000 words as a, a full chapter. So anyone listening at the sound of our voice and watching us, Chapter nine of my book can be a curriculum for anyone going to study business of entertainment, media, and sports in Harvard Business School. Go check it out. Wow, wow, wow. This episode is so much value, so much fire that I have to definitely make sure I bring you back for episode number, number two, wow. you know, with Mr. Michael. Now, let's kind of go back a little bit now, having kind of laid the foundations to your oversight in terms of your experiences. I know actually, before we do that, let's go now to the branding before we go back to the points that we spoke about earlier. So why was it then so important to have a brand behind you being a consultant, behind being a football um, scout before also being quite influential and what was the mindset around the brand around it and how did that come about? So, 
That's a very good question again. And and sorry, and, and as, as well as why should entrepreneurs build a personal brand? Personal brand in the first place is a signature that every human being that wants to, to be successful in whatever they are doing needs to have to be successful. Personal branding goes a long way to tell whoever is checking you out that you have a digital footprint. For example, I keep telling people, you want to go into a business, you have to build a consolid foundation. Mm. And the foundation starts from having a, a, a strong base. For example, with myself, when I started, I remember writing, sending emails, reaching contact to some of these footballers at the time when we were discussing to see if I can reach out to sign some of them, the ones that obviously I can sign at the time, and then reaching out on course and everything and talking with them. The first thing they do, they go and check my profile on Google. They see that I didn't have a digital footprint. Some of them don't even reply back reply to back me. To Why? Because one, they've checked me out. I don't have any pedigree. To the name. To the name, exactly. What did I do? I said, oh, after the self-reflection, and I said, okay, let me go back to the drawing board. And the drawing board is, first of all, make sure you have a Google Knowledge Panel where, obviously, every article about you will come under there. And then run some of marketing and PRs about yourself as well. Build yourself as a brand. Every other thing will follow. Mm. So I got the Google Knowledge Panel. There are a couple of articles about me flying around. I was engaging myself in various activities, networking, social media, and stuff. And then when I Googled myself, a lot of few things started coming up. And then I applied for verification on Facebook. That was the first one. Facebook came, ab- came back. My personal account was verified. And the um, business account was not verified. And I said, hmm, it looks like I'm getting somewhere now. Mm-hmm. I actually asked someone to Google me. What do you see? They started seeing some digital footprint coming up. So personal branding is very, very crucial to anything, any entrepreneur, businessman, business owner, individual wants to to make a significant difference around your competitors, around your workforce, around even your family. Interesting you say that. I had an interesting conversation with a very high net worth individual uh, on a one-to-one level. And he said to me, when you want to be taken seriously these days, especially where we are now in an environment where there's so much noises and you know everybody's an entrepreneur these days. Actually, some people are entrepreneurs, but they're not entrepreneurs because they have, what they have is side hustle. Yeah. Not a, they're not an entrepreneur. 
And he actually gave me a definition of different, of four levels of entrepreneurship. Yeah. He said, side hustle, uh, business owner, entrepreneurs, and empire builders. And once we delved into that conversation, he identified with myself that I was an empire builder because all he all that kept coming out from me was five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years. And he said, those comparisons, and he went into relating it through to the likes of Jeff Bezos, yep. Elon Musk. And since that conversation started with myself and this individual, I then took a turn to study Elon Musk. And I'm studying Elon Musk so heavily. And that conversation leaded to how Elon Musk today, just for being Elon Musk, he comes up and raises his hand up and say, I need $2 billion. I need $100 billion. People are not going to give Elon Musk the money because of his businesses, but they're going to give him the money for being Elon Musk, the brain behind Tesla, the brain behind SpaceX. Branded. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? So branded, yeah. The name. Jeff Bezos comes up today. Most people know Jeff Bezos and they don't know Amazon. Yeah. Some people know Amazon. They don't know Jeff Bezos. That's right. But when people diagnose a bit deeper, yeah. either it comes from the corporate branding yeah. or it comes from the personal branding. Absolutely. And it's quite interesting from this conversation, from talking about your accolades, from being a consultant, from being a business owner, from also being an author, a member of for, you know, for Business Council, and the list goes on and on. One of the things I'm hearing from all of this is the wealth of experience of what makes you stand out in a world of today whereby most people are side hustlers rather than actual entrepreneurs. It's good you said that because, you know, we had a conversation earlier and I was saying that for you to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, you have to be able to step away from your business. Mm for a couple of months and test your business, whether it's working or not. Mm. If you step away from your business, 60 months, 90 days, or 120 days, and the business still run effectively, yes, then you're an entrepreneur. But if your business cannot answer you in that ram from that ramification, that means you are just self-employed. Self yeah, you're self-employed. So a lot of people, you find them, they said, oh, everybody's an entrepreneur these days. But the actual fact is they are, are self-employed because they can't even step away from the business. I'm here now with you. We spoke earlier. You are here now. Your business is running. Your real estate business is running. Yes. My, 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 my businesses are running themselves. I don't need to worry. I wake up. We're still making money. Overnight sleeping, money, the business making money. So you have to come to that level where you sacrifice everything for working smart and all the hard work and make sure that whatever you are doing, you know the path that you are taking is the right path for you to build wealth. Now, before actually doing that then, how, you know, if you don't mind just kind of, you yeah. know, you know, breaking this step into maybe about two to three steps, yeah. right? So what does it take for a startup to eliminate the mindset of 
the side hustle and become an entrepreneur. All right. Rather than, you know, being a side hustler, you know, because there are people who who are actually side hustlers for life Yeah. in terms of actually transitioning to becoming an entrepreneur. And also the word work harder and work smarter. Yeah. So you are in a position now, in, we are in our position in our life yeah. now where we basically don't have to be in the business for the business to run. Yeah. But maybe I might be right or wrong on this. However, I do believe that you have to obviously work with those days of blood, sweat and tears. Of course. As the self-employed in the business, but obviously driving your mission through so that you become an entrepreneur where you don't have to be in the business to work, but you must be, you, you, you're not working in the business, but you're working on the business. So you have the better eye view of the business. One of the critical part there you need to realize is risk taking. Mm. A lot of people can't take risk. They don't want to take risk. Are you, when I was growing up, I used to think that when you take loans, you're in debt. I used to be so scared of touching loans <laughs> or credit cards or everything. Wow. But you see, as you go on with that understanding of the nitty gritty of what this thing stands for, your subconscious mind begins to tell you that this is what you need to do. Now you talk about how do you actually translate from being self-employed to an entrepreneur where your business can run for you. It's all about sticking to what they call the smart goals. Are your goals specific? Are your goals measurable? Are your goals achievable? Are your goals realistic? Mm. And with, is it time conscious, time or, oriented? So your goals or objectives have to follow those acronyms of SMART. And then SMART, and then you work with it. A lot of people just think that it's one side fit all. Entrepreneurship is not one side fit all. It's about jack of all trade and then becoming mastery in various areas. And the mastery comes from failing and failing and failing until you, you reach success. I was telling you about Thomas Edison when he couldn't discover light for 999 times. And they said, oh, you failed. He said, no, that was 999 times of me understanding how not to be able to discover light. So what do you notice there? Risk taking. As you keep trying, you're failing, but you're still taking risk. So most risk takers and also adding the smart goals become successful entrepreneur and their business runs for them. And that's just one side. Where so that's just one angle where you can look at it from as well. Wow. So I mentor a lot of people over the last three years. I've had the opportunity to have over a thousand people be through my educational programs. And we currently have, if you know, we currently have at least, um, you know, 10% of that thousand as retained, you know, mentoring, you know, members in our mentoring circle. And one thing, I see, especially as a coach and as a mentor, is the fact that people don't want to fail that 90 
995 times you said, 999 right? times. 999 times. So he found the light the 100th times. So 1,000 times. Well, he failed for 999. And, and I, I started to notice that people don't want to fail the 99 times. And I do blame a lot of stuff on social influence, on social media, because when the, one of the reasons why I decided to write the book, the test, was I look back 20, 22 years of my life from the university days to where I am today. And I wrote that book last year, which is being published in June. Now, June 2023 is being published. And I realized the reason why, you know, I am where I am, you know, because I fell to the point of quitting entrepreneurship to actually realizing my passion was entrepreneurship. Wow. Because in 2015, when I failed, I quitted entrepreneurship completely. And I wrote that in my book. And that's why I became a delivery driver with Amazon. And that's why I became an Uber driver because I quit. But the passion of entrepreneurship in me did not die. And it finds its way back to waking up itself. Absolutely. To, for example, maybe my 90th time because I'm still willing and ready. Because I realize you don't win when everything is working. You win when you've had failures. Absolutely. And your failures lies your success. And that brings Robert Shula. Robert Shula said, Robert H. Shula, he said, success is moving from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Mm. And we talked about passion. We talked about what is that intangible force multiplier that you need. Mm. Yeah? And he said, failure is never final. So if failure is never final, that means you have room for success at the end of the tunnel. And I keep saying something. So if failure is not final, success also is not final. So there is a level of success that you can attain and then you have to be, the next level is the wealth creation, right? So I was sharing at my book lunch. I said, success is not success if it does not become a platform where you can empower others. So success is not success if it's not significant. Mm. So the significant level of success is when your success become a funnel, a channel to empower others. For example, you've become a mastery in real estate. Now you are, you are running a webinar, you're running seminars for this property world um, creation. Uh, creation. You are using your platform to become a blessing, a channel for others. So that is when success becomes significant. So until success becomes significant, that is not success. So, and that is one of the things I keep telling people, it's okay for you to be successful. How are you using your platform? For example, when I have my book launch, I decided to use the book auctioning to be a blessing to the Turkey and Syria earthquake victims, we had a donation for them, which I channeled those donations from the book to the Turkey and um, um, Syria earthquake. 
So you have to come to that level where your success becomes a platform to empower others. And, because, and that's the significance of success that we talked about. And that comes, that takes you to the next level of success, which is wealth creation, which wow. we're doing. Wow, 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 wow. Mr. Michael, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure having you on the Wealth and Business Podcast. Now, in closing, I want you to just give very two generic angles to wealth creation and success as an entrepreneur. And I want you to speak to those who are just getting started, all right, in this journey of entrepreneurship, because entrepreneurship is now being sold as a get rich quick across the entire globe and universe, especially in England where we are, <laughs> you know, especially in the West, you know, entrepreneurship, you know, people haven't failed enough in an entrepreneur. And sometimes you see, you know, the Lamborghinis, you see all these different things, uh, you know, and because that's what people think is success within a year or two. And 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 then people talking about, you know, seven figure, six seven figure businesses not willing to take the sweat before actually, you know, delaying that gratification. And then you also then have those who are already winning entrepreneurs, but who are settled when they could have actually achieved more. So just two words of wisdom from those two angles. One to the aspiring or becoming entrepreneur and two who are already, uh, those who are already entrepreneurs and those who are already winning as an entrepreneur, maximizing their full potential. First, taking a bold step, taking the leap of faith, take risk. Accept failure as part of the journey. Because if you don't fail, there is no success. In fact, I'm always very, very, I'm quite afraid of people that say they have not failed before because failure is part of success. That is for anybody that is starting to become an entrepreneur. You have to just know that failure is part of the game. There is never one side fit all, okay? For you that's always, that's already there and you are in the game, what I have to say to you today is just be audacious. Just be res resolute. Stay strong, keep going, take risk. Because the journey of success is an ADOS journey, but the end at the other side is grand. That's all I can say today. Wow, amazing. How can people get the one shot? One shot business case for success. It was out on the 3rd of March, 2023. Is available in all good bookstores, Amazon, Benz and Noble, Waterstone, over 39,000 retail stores. And this book is available in all formats. The audio book, the ebook, the um, hard copy and soft copy. What I want to say is I want a lot of you out there to support this journey. Support is genuine when it is timely and sublime. Thank you. Fantastic. And just to let you guys know as well, my very good friend here, uh, Mr. Michael, he's going to be one of our guest speaker at the Wealth and Business Networking event 
coming up. We are yet to announce the date, but just look out on the links around the website, uh, propertywe.co.uk. So that's www.propertywe.co.uk. And if you go on the event calendar, our next upcoming event, which the date is not yet finalized, uh, he's going to be one of our speakers. So you can come and meet, greet, bring your copies of the book, for 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 uh for a signature and have the opportunity to as well as you know take photographs and network and so on and so forth so without further ado i want to really thank you uh, by the way i think i need to sign you this oh program, great yes right? let's Life do that the, yeah, yeah. yeah let's do that on the podcast okay. absolutely yep. wow that's amazing and that's what this is all about so guys make sure you come into the next wealth and business networking event the dates are going to be announced uh, very very soon make sure uh, you come and uh, we're going to see you soon take care and have a fantastic fantastic time 